So appreciate them coming. But go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to uh, take some time. I, I don't know how many weeks. It'll probably only just be a few weeks. But I did want to take a little bit of time and just do a short series dealing with finances because finances is obviously a big part of everyone's life. It's a probably one of the biggest stresses uh, in everyone's life. I mean, one of the biggest stresses that everyone deals with is financial stress. And so when it comes to something that obviously is such a huge part of everyone's life, we want to make sure that we have a biblical mindset when it comes to these things. And I uh, and so we're going to uh, I want to look at something very specific uh, today that I want to cover because there is a often Christians and Baptists, I think we're the best at this, where we will take a Bible principle, we'll take a Bible command, and then we always go to the biggest extreme on it. And sometimes we can be so extreme on something, we can go into error, and we don't want to do that. But I want us to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. In verse 6 it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and any many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And so, what I want to talk about today is how to hate money while, in reality, really liking it. Okay, Because we all know we're not supposed to love money, right? But at the same time, too... If, uh, you know, somebody came up to you and waved a wad of $100 bills in your face uh, you're, and gave it to you, you're, you're going to get excited. You're going to be happy. All right? And I don't think you necessarily need to be ashamed of that or pretend that you don't. Okay? You would. It's just a fact. And so, um, a lot of times people, they, they will, they'll see that the love of money is the root of all evil. And therefore, I mean, how dare you have any love for it? You know, and it's like, oh, well, I don't love it. I just really, really like it, you know. Listen, I believe what we're seeing here, it's the same concept, and I'm going to show you this too, as the passage in the Bible where it talks about uh, hating your father and mother, okay? What we're seeing is this is about priorities, and that's what everybody needs to understand when it comes to finances, when it comes to money, you cannot let it be the priority, and having your priorities right is what makes all the difference. And so much of our lives today, though, is centered around money in some way. You know, you can't do anything in this world today without money. I mean, you can't just go buy a piece of land somewhere and then just live and not use money anymore. Tax, they're going to they're gonna come after you for taxes every year. You know, they're just, it is a necessity in the system that we live in, in the society that we live in. And so, it's something that we can quickly get ourselves into trouble with if we're not careful. If we lose our focus, if we get our priorities wrong, money will get us in trouble. And it's not that the money 
was so bad, but our priorities being wrong is what messed everything up. And that love that you had for money, the fact that you elevated it over things that you should not elevate it over, that's what got you in trouble. Okay, In, in reality, money is kind of just an inanimate object. But when we when we give it a priority that it does not deserve, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. And so one of the main problems when it comes to this subject is trying to keep balanced. Everybody wants to go to the extreme and everything. Some people, you know, because so for example, you know, because this passage says the love of money is the root of all evil, some people act like money is evil. They will act like they are spiritual if they don't have any money. You know, and then when society's coming for them for not feeding their kids and not doing this and not doing that, you know, they act like society should just provide food for everybody, should give everybody the necessities, and they'll almost act like they're spiritual for being broke and being in debt and having all these financial problems, and they make their families' lives miserable because they're trying to operate without it. You're just not going to do it. Okay? We used to know a real goofball weirdo family that you know, kind of acted like that. And I remember this guy actually went and tried to, he literally, they literally, first they took a camp or something, they moved out in these woods somewhere, and they he like tried to build a log cabin. And he tried to build a log cabin by hand. I think he thought it was going to make him spiritual. This guy was always trying something new. He was always into some new thing. He became evangelist right after that. And uh, we never asked him to come preach for some reason. But part, part of it was because we knew this guy. But he was one of these guys that was like, he was just lazy. He couldn't hold down a job. He wasn't consistent on anything. But then he acted like he was spiritual because of it. And the, and the reality was he just had poor character. And so, on the other hand, though, you do have people, they'll come across verses like Proverbs 21.20 where it says, There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. So it's like treasure in the wise. Then they devote their lives to just going after money. Proverbs 11.16 says, A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. Well, I want to be a strong man, so I'm going to be rich. It's spiritual. Abraham was rich. Uh, Job was rich. And Solomon was rich. And they'll go, they'll go through all these examples. And then, you know, they will uh, use their riches as like some kind of way to prove how spiritual they are and how righteous they are or how blessed they are is what they'll say. And so, you know, they'll hear, they'll learn these verses and then that's their excuse to go full Ebenezer Scrooge. And that's not right either. Okay. And so no one has, you know, no one has ever accomplished anything or helped anybody by going more extreme than God on any subject that never has helped anybody that does more damage to truth. When you go to the extreme, in fact, it's just disobedience. Okay, turning to we're not to turn to the right hand or to the left hand. If you take something, if you take too far to the right, you are in disobedience, just like somebody who takes something too far to the left, as we would put it. It's both it both of it is disobedience. And so what I want to do this morning, though, is, you know, is remember I want to remind us through these scriptures, too, that when it comes to finances, it's important that we understand what Paul was specifically trying to teach Timothy. Okay? And yet, many times people, they'll read this passage and they miss the main message that Paul was trying to teach Timothy. So let's go, ahead, let's go back and look at the Scripture very closely 
and notice where people, I think, are going wrong on this idea of you know, love of money being the root of all evil. So verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And so I doubt there's a person in here said that doesn't have a love for money to a certain extent. The question, though, is do you love that money more than you do other things of greater importance? That's what you need to ask yourself. This is the same concept of Luke 14, 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, does anybody think that Jesus was telling us to hate our families in the way that we use the word hate today? Obviously, he was not trying to do that. In fact, we have been commanded to love our families and to love our wives and our parents. And we've been commanded to honor our parents and to love our children. In fact, if you don't provide for your own, the Bible says you've denied the faith and you're worse than an infidel. So when Jesus is saying to hate, it's clear from the context this is about priorities. That we are not to prioritize family over God. And understand too, if you prioritize God, He will never ask you to neglect your family. He will, in fact, He will command you to take care of your family. A lot of people take care of their family, you know, sometimes just out of love for their family, and that's a good motivation. But, you know, what's going to happen if you start having problems in your family? What's going to start happening if you have marriage problems? You might change that, you know, and, and God is the best motivation for anything. Obeying God, serving God is the best motivation for anything. But, uh, but notice in Luke 14 too, he says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, when we go to Matthew's account in chapter 10, verse 37, notice how he says it. He didn't say hate, but he says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So without a doubt, the context of Luke 14 is that we should not love our families more than we love God, but we should for sure love our families. So to love something less, as often in the Bible, to hate just means to love something less. That's, that's what it means. You know, did Jacob hate his wife Leah? I don't believe he hated her, but he did love her less than he loved Rachel. He had, he had a greater love. Uh, you know, when we see Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated, God did favor Jacob above Esau. For sure. But if you go and you read the rest of that passage too, God talks about what he did for Jacob and for Esau. And you know what? God did more for Jacob than he did for Esau, but God did some good things for Esau too. You know why? Because God loved him too, but not like he did Jacob. And so understand, hate in the Bible often is to just love something less. And so when clearly, from context, from the different accounts, we see that hating father and mother is referring to just loving them less than you love God. It's, it's, so this is all about priorities. And so I do. I want... I want everyone to hate their families in comparison to anything that should have priority over them. And that's only God. 
That's it. And uh, Proverbs 13.24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Now, I do not believe that all parents who don't spake their children have hatred for them in the sense that they like despise their children. Like, you know what? I hate that kid so much, I'm not going to spank him. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. Okay, But at the same time, you know, because I think many of those people too who don't spank their kids would be heartbroken if their child died. You know why? Because they love their children. But often, people, they do. They love acceptance. They want to be socially accepted. And so, so they will go against nature, which teaches you to punish your children. You know, they'll go against the Word of God, which teaches corporal punishment. They'll go against all these things to please society, to please those in their circles that they run in. If you do that, you know what? You love them. You love man's approval. You love, you know, what people think about you more than you love your child. Therefore, you do, in fact, hate your child. You love them less than you do uh, things that you should not love more. And I understand wanting to be accepted. I think we all want acceptance to a certain extent. Okay? Even, you know, I am, you know, as a pastor, I just naturally want to be accepted. I want people to like my preaching. I want people to like this church. I would love to be loved in the community. I would love to be loved in internet land and all that, and all that kind of stuff. That would be great. However, I love truth more than I love acceptance. And so at the end of the day, you know what? I, because I love truth so much more than all those other things, you know what? I don't factor it in when it comes to what I preach. I'm just going to preach the truth. Say, so, yeah, well, people are going to hate you. And you know, it's not that I don't care, but it's just that I don't love it anywhere as much as I love the truth. Therefore, I'm going to say, you know, I, you know, I, I, I had a, I had a message on the answering machine this morning saying nice things about me. I like that better than one saying mean things. I've got another one on there that came, um, I, I believe, I believe it came in, uh, last Saturday night and I did. There was a message in the answering machine warning our church that I'm a false teacher. And I, and I listened to that and, you know, and it was, it was annoying, but I was like, you know, oh well. But I liked the one that I got this morning saying good things about me. You know, and I had another phone call this week. Somebody called saying good things about me. I like that better than the negative. But at the end of the day, neither of those things should influence what I teach. You know, it should just be a love for the truth. I shouldn't start preaching something so I get more of the good phone calls. You know, or that, or I shouldn't start preaching a certain way so I'll get less of the negative phone calls. It's it's about priority. And so at the end of the day, while I do, while I appreciate compliments and nice messages and emails and things like that, um, yeah, because, you know, last, you know, and also too, last week I was getting some negative emails, phone calls, that was because Aaron, <laughs> but, but, but I, I didn't help. I, I didn't, I, I didn't really help the cause <laughs> when I, I was, I was pretty much, I was, I was basically backing him up, uh, in a way by, uh, saying some nasty things about Calvinism and, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, either way, as long as you keep things in their proper place, it's fine. It's okay to appreciate a nice phone call and a compliment. 
as long as when it comes, you you love truth way more than you love that. You love doing the right thing way more than you love that thing. So that that's what we've got to get a hold of. That's what we've got to remember. And so when it comes to money, I don't believe it's wrong for you to desire to have it. I don't believe it's wrong for you to like it or, or even love it as long as you keep it in its proper place. And if you keep it in its proper place, you do in fact hate it in the biblical sense. And that's what we've got to understand. Because we don't want to have this attitude, I'm so spiritual, you know, I'm, I'm not going to even try to make money. You know, all these people out there working jobs so they can get money. It's because they love money. And I'm spiritual, so I don't do anything. No, that's, that's not the right attitude. Because look at what it says in uh, verse 6 of 1 Timothy. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world... And it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. So keep money low on your priority list. That's what you just need. To, if you keep money low on your priority list, then you will be fine. It says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And watch this and follow after. This is where we can get some things that we can all prioritize above money. Okay? Right here, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So, when it comes, if, if, if there's somebody in here and you're thinking, man, I want me some money. I want to make good money. I want to make a lot of money. I want to buy a lot of stuff. Okay? I don't think you're wrong in making a lot of money. As long as you're tied, amen? Right? But no, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong either. It, I don't, I don't think it's wrong. However, however, always keep it below things like righteousness. Never break God's law in pursuit of money. Bible, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet. Do not get any of your money by dishonest means. Do not try cheating other people. Do not try ripping other people off. Do not do any of those things. Follow righteousness. That comes first. And let me tell you, there will be times in your life where if you are dishonest, you could do better financially. You could come out ahead financially. But you know what? Follow after righteousness. There might be opportunities for you to steal and get away with it. And if you love money more than you love righteousness, you know what you're going to do? You're going to steal. But we've got to love righteousness first and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you know, I could go get this job, but I don't believe that that would be godliness. I don't believe that would help me in my pursuit of godliness. You know, I've heard beer delivery guys make some good money. I, I, I used to know a guy who delivered for Coca-Cola. And, I, and you know, and he talked about how beer delivery guys made more than the Coca-Cola guys. Well, you know what? I'd rather be a Coca-Cola guy than a beer guy. Because I, I don't want to get involved in that indus industry. That's not where I want to make my money doing those things. I don't want to go make money as a bartender. I, I don't want to go make money in areas that are going to cause me to go against God's law and to be ungodly. Because as much as I w would like to make a decent amount of money, 
I ought to love righteousness more than that. And so if you're ever in your company or something, your boss tries to get you to do something crooked, and you know, don't do it. Just don't do it. Follow after righteousness. Godliness. Don't do things Jesus wouldn't do to get the money. And listen, Jesus worked as a carpenter. Do we all think Jesus just worked for free and never made any money? No, you know he, he, he made money. But I'm sure, you know, he used a just weight and balance. I'll bet he wasn't ripping people off. I'll bet he wasn't cheating people. I believe he did a good job. I believe he, he earned his money. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.1, 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. You know, when I was in, uh, when I was in Israel, um, I remember we needed to get some, uh, we wanted, we wanted, we needed to get some, um, currency exchange and we found a currency exchange. And for some reason, I just didn't, you know, we didn't trust those people over there. We thought they might take advantage of foreigners for some reason. Okay. We weren't profiling or anything like that, but you know, so you know what we did? We looked up the exchange rate because, you know, we don't really know how it all works and all that. And so, you know, we did, we, uh, we looked it up on Google, whatever the exchange rate is from dollars to shekels and all that kind of stuff. And so we got a pretty rough idea of what it was supposed to be. And, and they were kind of close. And guess what? It was short <laughs> what they gave us. I think, I think they did a little extra, but at the same time too, you know, you're over there on their turf. There's not a whole lot you can do. You know, that's, that's wrong. You, there should be a just balance. You ought to do things fairly. If I would have went in there with a long beard and a funny hat and some curly locks, would they have done that exact same amount? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I should do one of those tests like that and I go dressed up next time with the same amount of cash and see what they do. And, uh, that's a good, that's a good internet idea for somebody, you know, and see, to see, see if they're treating us goyim, uh, the same way. But anyway, we shouldn't do that kind of thing. So they do it to us. Doesn't matter. We shouldn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, but I can make the extra money. Doesn't matter. We love righteousness. We love godliness more than we love money. And so therefore, you know what? I do. I want to make money too, but I'm not going to do dishonest things to get it. So, the reason people rip others off is because they, they just love money more than they love others. You should love other people more than you love money. So you don't rip people off. Uh, notice too, he said faith. Okay, faith. One of the reasons we often get are tempted to put money in a place above where it should be is because we don't have faith that God will take care of us. You know, we have, obviously, you know, we do. We we, we blame, or we give ourselves noble reasons for wanting to make this money. I want to provide a good living for my family. You know, I want to be able to give. I want to be able to do all these, you know, noble things. But it's, but at the end of the day, do we really think God is going to not fulfill His will through us if we are dishonest, or if we're, you know, more than if we are honest? Obviously, God is going to take care of us. God's going to bless us more if we're doing things according to His will. But sometimes we just don't trust God. We don't think He's going to do the right thing. And as a result of that, we get tempted to take matters into our own hands. And we can't do that. And listen, God almost never does things according to my timeline when it comes to financial things and challenges and stuff like that. 
I mean, it, but at the same time, you've got to have faith. And when you find yourself in that situ, uh, situation where you are tempted to do something dishonest, you've got to remember, I love righteousness. I love godliness more than I love money. And so I'm going to have faith that the Lord is going to take care of this, that the Lord is going to get me through this. And so he, so Paul mentioned all of these things, and then he mentioned love. Okay? Love. Now, love your neighbor is the only law you really need to worry about. Okay? You know, a deep dive into the law, too, about borrowing and lending shouldn't be necessary. You know, there are a lot of times, too, people when talking about financial stuff, we'll just like go deep into the law into every little detail. It's like, you know, and it's like here at the end of the day, the only verse we really need, okay, is it wrong to go to the Old Testament law and do a study about money and borrowing and lending and all that kind of stuff? No, we can we can learn some principles from that. But at the end of the day, if you will remember Matthew seven twelve that says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Right there and what did Jesus say too? Just two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. All of the law is contained in those two laws. And if we love other people. So again, I, I just do not believe a fondness and what we might call a love for money is a sin. Again, as long as we love other people more than we love the money. And if you love other people, you're not going to want to rip them off. You are not going to want to take advantage of them. That's you're, it's it's just not going to happen. So I we've got to keep that a priority. Patience is another thing Paul mentions. Patience. Don't get in a hurry to get things. Let God give it to you in His time. And I believe this right here is one of the biggest mistakes young people make. Uh, Gen Zers are really bad about this, but you know, even my generation, we str- we struggled with this too. I think I think everybody does. It's just kind of a a universal thing. I I remember my dad warning people about this when when we were younger about how whenever young couples get married, it's like they try to have what their parents took decades to get right away, and it's just not going to happen. Okay. It's just probably, it's probably not going to happen. Sometimes we've got to recognize in order to get the things that we want, it's going to take time. And we do. We just, we want it all. You know, the, the younger generation, the Gen Zers, they do. You know, they, they want free college. They want free healthcare. They want free housing. They, they want free everything. And it better be nice. And they, they want, a, and they want a nice place. They want all these, they want all these things. It's like, no, you know, you're going to have to go do some work. You're going to have to save. You're going to have to do without some things. You're going to have to work your way up in there. That's one of the biggest things that the Gen Zers especially struggle with. They are not willing to put time into anything. They are not willing to work their way up on anything. They're constantly trying some new thing, you know, and just jumping from one thing to another, always looking for immediate results. And people have said for years that, you know, I mean, a lot of businesses, it takes sometimes years before you really start turning a profit in some areas, but they want everything immediately. And then when they don't get it, they think they're victims. And that thing about Gen Zers, they're all victims. 
You know, no matter how good they've had it, they're, they're all victims. And we've got to understand that it's a lack of patience that often causes people to start putting money in a higher priority than they should. And you just, you've got to have patience. It's like, say, you know what? I would, there's things I would like. I want the mansion. I want the nice cars. I want whatever. I want the jet skis or whatever, whatever it is that you desire. Just admit, I want those things, but I will not sacrifice righteousness, godliness, love, faith. I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice these things to get them. I am going to do, I'm going to keep the main things, the main things and let God take care of everything else. And look what it says in Psalms 37. I love this passage. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. I, I, you know, quote this to myself often and it's proven true in my life many times. And I believe it will continue to prove itself true. But Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And what we have today is we've got so many people that are not trusting God to give them the desires of their heart. And they are. They're taking the shortcuts. And particularly in money, money is usually one of the first things that get move, get, gets moved up on priority or on the priority totem pole, if you want to call it that. That's always one of the first things they start moving up. And when you do that, that's a mistake. That's when... That's why, and that's why Paul's talking about the love of money being the root of all evil. Clearly, all these things that Paul's been talking about are things that should be priority above money. And it's, the, it's when we elevate that unnecessarily that we get ourselves in destruction and perdition, many foolish and hurtful lusts. And I'm telling you, what this passage here in Psalms basically sums it all up. When it says, delight thyself also in the Lord. In other words, get your pleasure from pleasing God, from the things of God. Let that be your love. Let that be the love of your life. Pleasing God, the Lord. And if you do that, if God sees you, if He sees man, this man or this woman, their priority is to please me, you know what God's going to want to do? He's going to want to please you. And God knows what you desire. God knows uh, you know, what your heart wants and God's going to want to do that for you. If He sees you making Him a priority, He will give you those things you want. And, you know, for, fortunately for myself, you know, and I, we all have our things that we like, but, you know, I've never been a car guy. Some people are car guys. And, and if, if people have nice cars, nothing wrong with that. I've never had a desire to spend a lot of money on cars. I just want cheap and reliable. I don't want to get stuck on the side of the road. I, I, I'm not interested in turning heads, uh, you know, and the people looking at my car and, you know, complimenting. I, I just don't care about that. That's, that's not my thing. You know, I, you know, houses, land, stuff like that. I mean, I've always wanted a mansion. All right. I mean, who doesn't want a mansion? But at the same time, too, even the, th the thought of a mansion, okay, understand, you realize how much work it would take to take care of a mansion? You'd have to have servants and all these things. And that's just too much responsibility. I don't think I would enjoy it that much. So it's like, ah, you know, I'm fine without that. I, I don't need that. But, you know, for me, one of the things, I do like traveling, you know. But even though that's something that costs money, I mean, we've talked about, we've, we've been amazed at all the things that we've been able to do for little money. 
You know, I've had many opportunities to go places and to see things that cost me almost nothing. Sometimes I even came out ahead on the trip just because I was asked to go out and preach somewhere. And so it's like, you know, I, I focused my life on serving the Lord in the ministry and God knew I have always loved traveling. And so the Lord has provided that as well. You know, and I remember, uh, you know, one of the overseas trips I did, you know, I said, I keep track of everything financially and stuff. I mean, I, I came out ahead on the trip. Well, the one trip that I took, um, you know, the, the plane tickets and everything were paid for by someone else. Our church, you know, was going to pay for um, a bunch of the expenses and stuff. And then when I was over there, somebody gave me a bunch of money. And I, and so I did, I just, I kind of felt bad. And so I basically like just gave back the church all, all the money that that paid. And I still came out like 300 bucks ahead on a trip that I never could have afforded. I mean, you know, that's just God blessing and giving me things that he knows I want because I've not prioritized those things above the ministry. I mean, I got, I got to go to Israel last year and that, you know, that didn't cost me uh, hardly anything. And, uh, it's just, it, it's a, a lot of things that many people have had to sacrifice. And unfortunately too, they have prioritized these things in a way that they shouldn't have. They've sacrificed right to do these things. I mean, I've been able to do it for almost nothing. And I'm very thankful for that. And I just, I think that needs, what everybody needs to do. I believe whatever it is that you think you want. Sometimes we think we want something, but our heart doesn't always know what it wants. But if you are right, that whatever it is that you desire, that that's what would make you happy, I personally believe that if you prioritize all these things that Paul mentioned, the Lord will provide those things for you. I, I absolutely believe that. And so just delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And, and it will be, it might not be, again, you, you might think it's whatever, but if it's something else, God will reveal that to you and he will provide that for you. And you will, you'll be glad. And so the last thing I'm just going to touch, but meekness, okay? He mentions meekness in there. And a lot of times, too, you know, our problem when it comes to these things, we're always trying to prove something to everybody. But you know what? Don't try to prove anything. Stay humble. That's why a lot of people want money. It is kind of a status thing. You know, I want to prove I'm blessed. I want to be able to, no, just stay humble, stay meek. And so what all of us need to do, all of us should just see money as a tool that could potentially be used to help us follow through on our priorities. But never compromise our, pri the, our priorities for money. Fighting the good fight of faith that he goes on to mention. That's the priority. Part of fighting the good fight of faith, it's not just advancing the cause of Christ and the soul winning and, and the doctrine. That is a part of it. But one of the things too, I'm going to be preaching on this. Man, that's this week. Conferences this week? All right, yeah. So, yeah, the conference, what I'm, one of the things I'm going to be covering this week. Do you all want to know four times in the Bible, a little preview for, four times in the Bible, the term sound doctrine is used. Sound doctrine. And do you know every time we, we 
read about sound doctrine, the doctrine we are reading about is about our personal behavior. How we behave, how we act, how we are as a husband, how we are as an individual. And did you know that if you're bad at living life, you practice false doctrine? That's not good. We, we shouldn't we should be that way. We need to be living sound doctrine. And so you know what? If you're ripping people off, you're a heretic. If you're covetous, you're a heretic. You believe, or you, I don't believe that doctrine. Okay, well, you practice false doctrine. I don't believe in stealing. I just do it. Okay, well, you know, you're really bad. You practice false doctrine and you need to get that right. We think false doctrine is always just about salvation stuff. Right? But no, it, you, need, you need to get these things right. And so it's okay to have financial goals, a financial plan. Just keep them in their proper place. Keep, keep them in their proper place. Make a priority totem pole or a you know, priority list or whatever. And you know what? Keep money way down on it. Keep money way down on it. And if, if you do, I, I believe the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And you know what? And, and I don't think there'd be anything wrong too. You know, write down what the desires of your heart are. You know, hey Lord, here's some carnal things I would really, really like. But, you know what? I'm going to prioritize these other things first. And you know what? I believe if you will do that, the Lord may just, in fact, take care of those carnal things for you too. There are things in this life He wants us to enjoy. And, and it's, there, it is okay to have fun and pleasure. So just make sure we keep it where it belongs. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much for Your Word and the warnings we get from it. I pray, Lord, that You'll help us all as individuals to have good priorities in our life. Help us to keep money where it belongs, way down on the list. Help us to focus on the righteousness and godliness and uh, all these things that are mentioned. And help us to love all these things uh, more than uh, anything this world has to offer. In your name we pray. Amen.